Welcome to the Kids Zone Check It Out podcast. This month, we're reviewing some of our favorite Asian American History Month read alouds for children. Hi, it's Rita at the Orem Public Library. My grandpa Bagyo once told me how he became fat. It all started when he was 12. In Honolulu, during World War II, his sister would take him out to eat once a week at a diner. Their parents thought she was such a good sister, but really, she was going on dates with servicemen and would lock him in the car with peanut butter shakes so he wouldn't tell on her. His tummy got bigger and bigger, and that's why his nickname was Small. He certainly didn't have a small personality, though. It was big and flashy. Did you notice my grandpa's last name? Baguio. His parents were from the Philippines. In Hello Universe, a story written by Aaron and Trotta Kelly, a tween named Virgil Salinas also has a grandparent from the Philippines. His grandma's name is Lola. She also has a big personality, like a pot of soup that bubbles over. And likes to tell grisly Filipino folktales. Virgil gets a nickname too, just like my grandpa. His family calls him Turtle because he's shy and won't come out of his shell. Sometimes Virgil gets teased by Chet Bullens because he struggles in school. That's no fun. And he admires a deaf girl in his resource class named Valencia Somerset, but has a hard time getting the courage to talk to her. And he values his Japanese American friend, Kari Tanaka, who is a budding psychic. Chet confronts Virgil in the woods, and Virgil and his guinea pig, Gulliver, go missing. Virgil really is in danger now. He relies on Lola's Filipino stories that she's told him all his life to find hope and courage. This is a fun junior fiction book to read about friendships, family, and self esteem. And believe me, You really want to hear Lola's stories, like when a boy gets eaten by a rock and is never seen again. It won the 2018 Newbery Award and is for ages 9 through 12. Check it out. Hi, everyone. It's Molly Clough at Orem Library. And one book that I really enjoyed recently is called Midsummer's Mayhem by Rajani LaRocca. This book is in the junior fiction section at Orem Library. The story takes place in our world, the real world, but has magic interwoven throughout, so it is a fantasy book. The main character is a girl named Mimi. She has a big Indian American family, and all of her siblings are really good at something soccer, acting, dancing. And her dad, too, is a renowned food writer. What Mimi loves to do is bake, but she feels like her talents are less impressive and less noticed since she mostly just bakes for herself and her family. She does have a special talent, though, for adding unique ingredients to make her recipes really shine, like lemon and lavender to cupcakes and cayenne pepper to brownies. The food in this book sounds so good, you can visualize all of her adorable treats super well. Because of that, I think this book would be great for fans of kids' cooking shows. One day, a new bakery opens up in town called the Wild Away Cafe. 
They're holding a kids' baking contest, and Mimi is excited to participate. The cafe seems a bit strange, though. The employees all have silly names and speak in rhymes. Not only that, all the pastries taste horrible. After the cafe arrives in town, things start getting more and more strange for Mimi's family. Her dad loses his refined sense of taste and becomes essentially a bottomless pit who will eat anything, even if it's disgusting. Her siblings' love lives start getting really dramatic, and Mimi meets a mysterious friend in the forest behind her house, which is suddenly full of animals that are not supposed to live in Massachusetts. And Mimi suspects that the magic sweets from the cafe might be at the root of some of these things. One of my favorite parts about this book is that it's actually a kid's retelling of Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. But this book handled that aspect really well because it's completely approachable whether you're familiar with the play or not. If you love A Midsummer Night's Dream, you'll notice a lot of fun things in the story, but if you've never seen or read it before either, you won't be lost at all and will still 100% get the story. This book is great for kids who like baking, kids who are getting introduced to Shakespeare, or kids who like cozy neighborhood magic in general. If you like Midsummer's Mayhem, you may also enjoy the Love Sugar Magic series, which also features a magical bakery, this time run by a family of witches in Texas. Or you could also try the Cupcake Diaries series, which is a realistic fiction series about middle school girls who band together to form a cupcake making club and business. We hope you enjoy these delicious reads and hope to see you soon at the library. Hi everyone, my name is Elizabeth Sargent and today I'll be telling you about one of my favorite new books, Where the Mountain Meets the Moon by Grace Lynn. Where the Mountain Meets the Moon is a junior fiction novel that is great for kids ages eight and up. It includes beautiful illustrations and short bite-sized chapters, making it the perfect read aloud at bedtime. Let me tell you about the story. Far away in ancient China, there lives a young girl named Minli, whose small poor village is always in the dark shadow of Fruitless Mountain. Minli's mother is never happy because no good fortune ever seems to come to their family. So one day, Minli decides she must change her family's fortune. But to do that, she must believe in her father's stories and find never-ending mountain so she can speak to the old man of the moon. So, with the instructions from a talking goldfish, Minley sets out on a spectacular journey where she encounters many people and magical creatures, including a dragon who cannot fly. To succeed in her quest, Minley will have to trust the new friends she makes and rely on the stories she learns along the way. Where the Mountain Meets the Moon is the perfect book for anyone who loves folklore or fairy tales. A Chinese folktale is embedded in almost every chapter, each story connecting all the other stories together. It is culturally rich, with beautiful characters and themes like family, friendship, and what true fortune really is. This book is an absolute treasure. So check out Where the Mountain Meets the Moon at your library. It's a fantastic book that will make you believe in the magic of stories. Hello friends, this is Shauna from Orem Public Library. 
Today I would like to share the first book in the Jasmine Toguchi series, Jasmine Toguchi, Mochi Queen, written by Debbie Michiko Florence and illustrated by Elizabeth Volkovic. Jasmine is a feisty and determined eight-year-old Japanese-American girl who lives with her mother, father, and 10-year-old sister Sophie in Los Angeles, California. She likes to climb trees, eat dessert, and make messes. She does not like to clean. Her one wish is to be the first to do something, something before Sophie at least. She seizes the opportunity to be the first at something as her immediate and extended family prepare to celebrate the new year. The celebration includes making mochi, a sweet and sticky rice dessert. In the Toguchi family, the men and boys pound the rice with a large and heavy hammer, and the women and girls roll and shape the mochi. Not only does Jasmine want to be the first eight-year-old in the family to participate in the making of mochi, she also wants to be the first girl to wield the hammer and pound the rice. Read the book to discover if and how Jasmine is able to make her wish become a reality. The author Debbie Michiko Florence stated that she wanted to write contemporary stories featuring Japanese-American girls that, while integrating Japanese culture, focused on universal issues. She successfully accomplishes that goal. Be sure to check out the other three books in this series, Super Sleuth, Drummer Girl, and Flamingo Keeper. An additional bonus is an activity included at the end of each book. I am off to go make microwave mochi. In 1996, Michael Tunnell wrote a book with George Chilcote called The Children of Topaz, a story of a Japanese-American internment camp, and it was based on a classroom diary. I read that book in 1996 and was fascinated with this chapter in America's history. Because of that book, I visited Topaz, which is just outside Delta here in Utah and noticed that it was a barren desert with nothing in sight. And today it's even more desolate when I saw it. Well, Michael Tunnell has written another book to go along with that based on the same experiences of those Japanese Americans that were put in internment camps. This book is called Desert Diary, Japanese-American Kids Behind Barbed Wire. It starts in chapter one with a beautiful colorized picture of Mei Yanagi, and she posed for the famous photographer Dorothea Lange on her evacuation day, May 8th, 1942, when she and her family were forced to leave their home in California. To help maintain their dignity, families dressed in their best clothes in stark contrast to the ID tags 
dangling from their necks. Now this picture just kind of hits you right in the face on chapter one. It's colorized and and she's flashing a, a, a cute little smile. And that's where we start to learn about what happened to these Japanese Americans. It says that May Yanagi was seven years old in December 1941 when her life was tipped head over heels almost overnight. She and her family found themselves torn from their home in Hayward, California, and they weren't the only ones forced to leave. Anyone with a Japanese face had to go. By the end of 1942, everyone of Japanese ancestry, or Nikai, had disappeared from the coastal regions of California, Oregon, and Washington. Most Nikai from the San Francisco Bay Area ended up in hastily constructed internment camps, prison camps enclosed by barbed wire in the mountain deserts of Utah. Other Americans of Japanese descent were transported away from the West Coast to similar camps in other interior states. But how could this happen in America, the land of the free? The book takes us on a a journey that we uh, discover that dark side of America's history. And she's in third grade, this little girl, and no pictures were allowed other than authorized pictures, but her teacher had them keep a a diary. And you get to see some of those color pictures of of those diaries that the children kept. And you get to see what life was like in this desert. And their their whole lives were, were torn apart. They had 10 days to pack everything and to to leave and most uh, tried to sell what they could but of course those that were taking advantage of this uh, kind of robbed them blind. This book takes us on a journey that sometimes is hard to read but I find it very important to read and to understand. Uh, I would take time to read Desert Diary by Michael O. Tunnel and then perhaps Uh, during the summer when it's very hot or perhaps in the winter when it was so very cold, take a trip down to Delta and discover Topaz for yourself. They do have a museum in Delta that's dedicated to Topaz and those brave Americans. There's also a book that I enjoyed reading much uh, on the same line. It was a teen uh, graphic novel called Displacement by Kiki Hughes, and it's about a teenager that is pulled back in time to witness her grandmother's experiences in World War II-era Japanese internment camps. In this book, Displacement, it's a historical graphic novel that also brings to life the events and the sad time in America's history when these Japanese American patriots uh, were imprisoned and put in internment camps. President Franklin Roosevelt, he signed an executive order, 9066, which would allow the army to relocate these American citizens of Japanese ancestry. Uh, 
back in 1990, George H.W. Uh, Bush uh, said, We can never fully right the wrongs of the past, but we can take a clear stand for justice and recognize that serious injustices were done to Japanese Americans during World War II. I would make this a part of your reading. Be familiar with what happened to our citizens during that dark time in our history, during World War II, and even make a trip to Delta and see for yourself Topaz and the, the internment location that these Japanese Americans were placed. Desert, Desert Diary, a Japanese American kid's behind barbed wire. Uh, Michael Tunnel, I would read it. She was in third grade. It would be a, a, a good book for perhaps a fourth on, fourth grade on. It would be an interesting book to read as a family and then discover that uh, Topaz as a family. It's one of the short trips in the summer since we aren't taking too many long trips lately. I hope you enjoy the book as much as I did. Hi, my name is Amy Carr, and I'm one of the storytellers here at Orem Public Library. During the month of May, we are celebrating Asian Pacific Heritage Month, and I know of no better way to learn about a new culture than through the medium of picture books. Picture books offer not only a visual feast of illustration for us to study and learn from, but a huge variety of stories that can highlight issues, topics, history, and culture to help increase our understanding and deepen our appreciation. I would like to highlight a few of my favorite Asian Pacific picture books that have personally taught me some beautiful lessons and helped me better understand some of the customs and traditions of Asian Pacific cultures. Drawn Together by Min Lee and illustrated by Dan Santat is a charming multi-generational story about a young Vietnamese-American boy who is spending an afternoon with his Vietnamese grandfather and having a difficult time finding some common ground with him. They don't speak the same language, they don't like the same food, they can't agree on a TV show, things are looking bleak until the young boy pulls out his notebook and begins to draw. Suddenly, his grandfather pulls out his notebook, sits down next to him, and the two begin illustrating a fabulous, exciting story together. As they sit and draw, each bringing their unique perspective and talent, they discover how much they really do have in common and that sometimes words are not needed. With minimal text, this book tells a powerful story about how our unique perspectives and experiences can meld together and help us overcome all kinds of barriers. I also love how the illustrations in this story provide a window into the cultural background and experiences of each character and how those differences can unite and strengthen our relationships with each other. In the delightful picture book, Amy Wu Makes Bao by Kat Zhang and illustrated by Charlene Chow, we meet Amy Wu, a feisty little girl who just wants to be able to make the perfect bow like her grandma and parents. 
But making the traditional Chinese steamed bun is tricky, and Amy has a series of mishaps before her persistence and determination help her discover the perfect solution. Children will love and relate to Amy's desire to participate in this fun family tradition and will cheer for her when she finally succeeds. I also loved the glimpse into this special Chinese tradition and the reminder of how important passing down these family rituals are in remembering, creating a connection to, and celebrating our own cultural heritage. Author Livia Blackburn and illustrator Julia Kuo have created a gorgeous picture book called I Dream of Popo about a young girl whose family is leaving their home in Taiwan to move to the United States. This requires saying goodbye to her beloved grandmother, who she calls Popo. Throughout the book, this young girl remembers the things she loves about her Popo, as well as discovering new ways to stay connected despite the distance. I love how this book weaves together so many different aspects of Taiwanese culture into the story, giving the reader an opportunity to experience this country in new ways. I also love the message about the importance of staying connected to our families and cultures and remembering those ancestors whose lives have helped build our own. There are so many other outstanding picture books that highlight Asian Pacific culture and people. Please take a moment this month to come visit us at the library and let us help you and your family discover a wealth of new people, places, and stories that will inspire and uplift you. You can also visit us online for more book recommendations and ideas. I hope we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. Check out our favorite titles at your local library. See you next month for more reviews. Hello. This is Miss Rachel from the Orem Library. Happy Arab American Heritage Month. I want to tell you about a beautiful picture book I found here at the library called The Arabic Quilt, An Immigrant Story. The author, Aya Khalil, based this story on her own experience of immigrating to the United States from Egypt when she was a young girl. Anait Samurjan, who created the amazing illustrations in the book, grew up in many different countries before also immigrating to the United States. Because of their own experiences, both the author and the illustrator are able to effectively communicate some of the unique difficulties and joys that immigrants face. The Arabic quilt centers around a young girl named Kanzi. Kanzi is excited for her first day of school in America, but she's nervous too. All Kanzi wants is to fit in. So even though her father packs her favorite lunch, a kofta sandwich, Kanzi leaves her lunch at home. She doesn't want other people seeing that she's different. But then her mom sees that Kanzi left her lunch and takes it to the school anyway. Kanzi's mother wears traditional Muslim clothes and says words like habibti, which is an Arabic word that means my love. Some of Kanzi's classmates overhear her mother speaking and laugh. No one likes to be laughed at, so of course it makes Kanzi upset, even though her teacher tries to remind her that being bilingual or knowing more than one language is a wonderful thing. When Kanzi gets home, she wraps up in a quilt that her grandmother made for her in Egypt and writes a poem, which helps her start to feel a little better. 
She feels even better when her teacher reads the poem and tells Kanzi she can bring the quilt to school to show everyone. The quilt helps inspire a class project that celebrates inclusion and cultural diversity and encourages compassion and self-improvement. I'll let you read the book to find out what the class project is and whether or not it helps Kanzi fit in and make new friends. This book is a meaningful and age-appropriate introduction to the topics of immigration and cultural differences for kids between the ages of four and seven. But although this book is meant for young children, there were things even I learned from this book. For example, did you know that the words lemon and soda come from Arabic? I didn't. This book also communicates well that the presence of other cultures and customs does not negatively impact our own culture, but instead increases understanding and inclusion and helps us learn things about our own culture that we wouldn't have otherwise realized. Because of that, I recommend this book to anyone, no matter their age. As an additional note, since Kanzi's family is from Egypt and speaks Arabic, there are some Arabic words used in this book. The author provides a glossary of those words at the back of the book and also includes some common English words that come from Arabic. If you enjoy reading the Arabic quilt and want to read more picture books about immigrants, check out From Far Away by Robert Munch, One Green Apple by Eve Bunting, or Saffron Ice Cream by Rasheen Kiria, or come talk to us at the reference desk in the library. See you soon.